0: It is a a great privilege to come to Mark's Gospel again for the next part of this account. And over the last few weeks, we've already seen Jesus has been baptised. He's called his disciples. He's shown them a few healing powers. And last week we saw he's begun to teach them in parables. And now Mark is going to show us more in his good news story about Jesus. But today there's no obscure parables and riddles in this section. This is pure, evidential displays of power. This part of Mark is about a local storm on a lake and a man who seems to have a few issues. And there's quite a bit of mention of fear but is that relevant for us can we really connect with that you've just been talking and thinking a bit about fear but we've not really got anything to fear today have we our society has things sorted our boats can weather storms we have care for people who need help medical care social care financial care Mental health care. We have it all. We live in a stable, peaceful, wealthy country. Our leaders see to all that. What do we know of fear? No one is really fearful or anxious about anything, are they? Nothing rocks our boat, so to speak. It's not true, is it? It's simply not true. And as you had those conversations perhaps about fear and what we might fear. I wonder if a few things cropped up like a lack of control, uncertainty. What about the word or the thought of the future? So do we need to read Mark's good news? Well, Let's take a look. Before we look into Mark chapter 4, the end of that, so you might want to be ready with that, it is worth remembering perhaps a little bit about what the first hearers of this gospel would probably be experiencing. They had political turmoil. We might know a bit about that. Terrorism. Corruption and state persecution. Those were the order of the day. Also, their likely views on water and spirits might be worth some consideration. And in particular, a distinction is not made between what we classify as spirits, ghosts, demons. They don't tend to distinguish. And in addition, water is actually quite significant. Water was traditionally seen as a barrier to spirits. They couldn't survive in it and they were unable to cross it. Now, those ideas might add insight to the passage for you as you read it, but they might not. So we'll see. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. That day when evening came, teacher they've just been hearing this guy tell stories this is who they think he is a teacher teacher don't you care if we drown he got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves quiet be still and then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained, hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees, and in front of him, he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me Jesus son of the most high God swear to God that you won't torture me for Jesus had said to him come out of this man you evil spirit (coughs) then Jesus asked him what is your name my name is legion he replied for we are many and he begged Jesus again not to send them out of the area A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside and the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. It's an amazing series of events. And in fact, there's one more to come next time. Mark is beginning to reveal just who Jesus is. Imagine you had been in that boat pushing out from the lake one ordinary evening, just following Jesus' wishes and heading for the other side. And then a storm over the water threatens your very existence. But your life is saved by a few spoken words that the wind and the waves obey. And while you fearfully ponder that, you arrive on the other side to be confronted by what seems like a raving madman, an outcast living among the dead of the community. Then Jesus expels demons from him and thousands of pigs die. And then this same guy wants to join in with you as a disciple. It's all a bit unexpected, really. You might recall Sim talking about Jesus acting in unexpected ways. And in many ways, unexpected kind of equals frightening. We fear the unexpected and the unknown. So, little question, what would you do? If you were there, would you continue to hang around Jesus after this? It's a great show of power, but it's not normal. It feels dangerous outside of the comfortable. It makes you fearful. It's pretty disruptive to ordinary life. So, where to go from here then? What would you do? Stay with Jesus? Extraordinary, frightening, weird, disruptive, but amazing with vast power. Or maybe, maybe it's best just to get far away from Jesus. Explain everything away, despite the evidence. Try and forget the whole thing and just carry on with normal life. Like the citizens of the Gerasenes. Perhaps what you would do depends on the answer, I think, to a very important question. And the disciples actually ask this in verse 41. who is this? Who is this? And it seems this is the question Mark is trying to answer for us and let us see. Then we can decide, are we going to have faith in Jesus or not? Will we believe him or leave him? Well, one man who decided to believe ended up spending most of his life Travelling around a foreign land, suffering ill health, losing his wife and children, but finally forming the China Inland Mission. Some of you now will know who that is. And he saw much of China reach with the gospel, this good news. And if you read that story of Hudson Taylor, you will read of a man of great faith. And I would recommend it to you. But I'd like to just share with you his, one, one of his very short prayers. This is a great man of faith who saw and did incredible things. And this is what he says. On Sunday, June the 25th, 1865, unable to bear the sight of a congregation of a thousand or more Christian people, rejoicing in their own security while millions were perishing from lack of knowledge, I wandered out onto the sands alone in great spiritual agony. And there, the Lord conquered my unbelief and I surrendered myself to God for this service. I told him that all the responsibility as to issues and consequences must rest with him. That as his servant, it was mine to obey and to follow him, his to direct, to care for and to guide me. Need I say that peace at once flowed into my burdened heart. I wonder if we sometimes look at the great figures in the Bible or in recent history or, and and I do this, you look around at people in our church and you think, they've got amazing faith. How do they cope with that? How do they deal with that happening? They must have amazing faith. But is it? To these people, do we know that we're destined for these great and impressive things? Or do they just surrender their lives, get in the boat with Jesus, and have no idea what's coming? Well, let's take a closer look at some of these events. And really, I only have one point today uh, from the passage. And as some of you know, I do like to plan quite far ahead. So um, it's been written up here for a few years now. (laughs) Jesus Christ is Lord. And Mark tells us that Jesus wishes to cross the lake. And on the face of it, it's a simple case of the disciples getting caught in a storm and Jesus bailing them out. But they witness Jesus speak to the elements and they obey. Not surprising, actually, if we look back at the creation account and see that Jesus is present there and Lord over creation. But Jesus demonstrates it to them. He's Lord of the elements over nature itself. Jesus Christ is Lord over nature. I'm going to just turn something around here. <coughs> oh, didn't expect to make that first time. <laughs> Two to go. This crossing of the water is then made. The disciples are fearful and wondering, who is Jesus? But then more gets revealed to them. They've seen Jesus cast out an evil spirit before, actually, uh, if we remember back to that passage. But it was in their synagogue. This is different. This is a group of non-Jewish people. Legion, as he was known, he's not going to be found wandering around in any synagogue. He's possessed with seemingly huge strength and he's outcast to live among the dead in the tombs. Society has given up on this guy. They've tried a few things, but really he's like a dead man. He's, he's even given up on itself, it, it seems. <coughs> he's a hopeless case, someone perhaps to be ignored and forgotten. And if you can't do that, um, avoid him. I wonder if we have any of those people in Southampton. As we read on, we see that Legion is full of demons. They're controlling him. But they beg Jesus not to torture them. Could he do that? Does this teacher of stories and healer of the sick have that sort of power and authority? Well, the demons seem to think he does. So Jesus lets them enter the pigs, seemingly as a concession. So legion is released at this point. But those evil spirits have survived to find another host. So they enter the pigs. But the pigs then run for that water. And they're drowned. And the demons are dispatched. Visibly dispatched. Everyone there sees it happen. They've not disappeared, as it were, into thin air this time. Everyone present can see. They were there. Then they were there. Now they're gone. Jesus did it. So I think we definitely see from this account, Jesus is Lord over the demons, over the powers of evil. He commands, they have to obey. Let's try again. More confident this time. So, Jesus Christ is Lord over powers. Powers of evil, these demons, yes. But what about political powers? Social powers, all sorts of powers. Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, Legion has been given a new life. Probably got a name, a new name as well, but we're not told that. He's been effectively... Raised from the dead. He's been brought back to life. And we do actually see a bit more of that in the next passage. And when we consider the healings that we've seen um, previously in Mark, and then we look at this man effectively brought back from among the dead, uh, and then we look on again, perhaps a quick scan into next time's passage, we see Jesus is Lord over sickness and even death. It's all right, James, I think your guitar's safe. There we go. Jesus Christ is Lord even over death. Now look at those three, nature, powers, death. I think that pretty much covers all of our experiences and circumstances, don't they? All of our fears. The response of this restored man is to want to follow Jesus. To be with him, to be near him, get in the boat with him. But Jesus has another calling on his faith. He's to become an evangelist, actually. He's to go around and tell this good news, what the Lord has done for him. It's quite a contrast with quite a few of the other healings where Jesus says, Don't tell anyone. But he's in a different place. Mark tells us that he goes off and he does this in the Decapolis. That was ten cities on the eastern side of the lake. And he certainly has a great story to tell, doesn't he? And it declares Jesus Christ is Lord. But I think for us, importantly, his faith shows us that he surrenders to Jesus. He does What Jesus asks of him and this it seems is the outworking of faith now I think when Andrew spoke a few weeks ago he mentioned this idea of surrender and I can remember that being quite a thing uh, when it was spoken and that's grown uh, as I've prepared this surrender and faith doing what Jesus says Handing the control, if you like, to him. If he says, get in the boat, we're going over to the other side, we do. If he says, no, stay here, go and tell what the Lord has done, then we do. Surrender equals faith. But experiencing Jesus can also Mean fear. If we are unable to fully trust, we will also fear surrender and have a desire to control. And both the disciples and the people of the Gerasenes, they experience fear, but they dealt with it differently. For the disciples, they learnt to trust. And surrender. They stuck with Jesus and they learned from him. But the people of the Gerasenes. They wanted nothing more to do with Jesus. They actually pleaded with him to go away. They could not overcome their fear. Despite all the evidence that they saw. They did not want to believe. They did not want to have faith. So they could not and they would not surrender. Jesus was disruptive, not normal, powerful, yes, but actually maybe for them, no different from legion. Therefore they had no faith and only fear was left. They pleaded with Jesus to leave. I think at this point it's worth remembering that when Mark is writing all this all these things about Jesus being Lord over nature, powers death Mark knows the end and he knows that this powerful unstoppable man will walk willingly to a torturous death to pay For the sin of his fellow man. No one can take Jesus' life. He offers it. He gives it. Willingly. For you. He actually relinquishes all that power. All his rights. All his perfection. Gives it all up. To save us. He surrenders it. And I think the big point here is the answer to two questions. One, who is Jesus? And question two, what is my response? And I think we can actually answer both questions with Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord over creation and nature. That's who He is. Jesus Christ is Lord over earthly and spiritual powers. That's who He is. Jesus Christ is Lord over sickness and death. That's who He is. What's my response? Jesus Christ is Lord. It is a response of faith and surrender. What about you? What's your response? What's our response as a community? Will we send Jesus away, like the people in this passage, in the Gerasenes? Will we identify with them? Or will we seek to know and experience more of Jesus together, like the disciples? Overcoming our fears, surrendering, and finally declaring... Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus Christ is our Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. I think it would be good to spend a bit of time in response to Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're going to have some uh, music. We're going to have that based around a song. Um, so if the band would like to come and get ready for that. Um, also, I'd like there to be prayer available, if the prayer team um, can be uh, available. But if you feel like you'd like to do something physically as well, um, I've got some little tags and some pens. If there's something you feel you'd like to surrender, you can just write it on. We'll, uh, we'll put a few of these around the, the church and we can just hang them under Jesus Christ is Lord. Surrender it. So if you'd like to feel physically that you want to do that, write that down. Um, we'll pass some of that around. Remember Hudson Taylor's prayer of surrender. He just gives it all surrenders it. There are those of us in spiritual battles. We can pray for each other in that. So if you want to pray with someone nearby, great, do it. If you want to change the way you are sat, go and stand somewhere or kneel somewhere, that's absolutely fine. Those of us with fears, why, why do we carry on with those fears? Let us stand together. Let us pray for each other. What about those of us seeking to take a step of obedience, of surrender? It's one thing to surrender perhaps all our hopes and dreams and even fears. But what about our failures? Sometimes it's past or present failures that hold us back. Do you know we can surrender those as well? The thing about surrender, it's actually something no one else can do for you. And you can't do it for anyone else. So this is quite a personal response in a way. So we'll sing the song, and um, if during that you want to write uh, something down or you want to pray with someone, uh, we'll, we'll just see how it goes from there.